0: yeah if, if you're like oh well my love language is uh is quality time and for instance you're dating janice who's like hey these are my work hours i mm-hmm. i cannot hang out during these times and you just show up that would be uh-huh. a problem <laughs>
1: like, yes and then guilting me and about it yeah yeah that's not i mean that's not going to strengthen a relationship no. Welcome to The X-Files, a
0: podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Claire.
1: And I'm Janice. We are breakup coaches, here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Happy Tuesday, everyone, or whatever day that you're listening to this. Welcome to X-Files. We hope that everyone's doing well out there, and we're so thankful that you're tuning in. Um, Before we get started today with what I think will be a very fun episode, we just want to remind everyone that if you are loving X-Files, we would love it if you would go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and rating. Let us know what you think of the show, or just let let us know how much you've been loving it. Because we are kind of in collecting review mode right now. <laughs> yes. So, it, it, oh, should, shall I say, reviews are our love language. Reviews
0: are <laughs> our love language. Exactly.
1: <laughs> which is a joke because that would be the wrong way to yeah, use it. Which we're going to talk about.
0: Words of affirmation in written form. <gasps> yeah. On Apple Podcasts, <laughs> specifically, um, would be yeah. a love language, right? So
1: So speak our love language. Go and leave us a review.
0: (laughs) Thank you. So why are we doing this episode? Janice is a little bit of a fan of the love languages, a little bit. And we, Janice and myself, we both want people to know the truth about them so that they can use them in their relationships to make their relationships better. It's also a really fun topic And, you know, it's also started to become skewed when you see people talk about the love languages. They're starting to be used in ways that make them obsolete or even maybe harmful to relationships. And a lot of our listeners are exploring how to have deeper and longer-lasting relationships in the future. And this is one way to keep things going after the honeymoon phase ends for couples
1: yeah so let's get into it um all right so we're titling this episode the truth about the love languages so what isn't the truth um, I'm kind of sad. Some, I think that they're actually starting to get almost a bad rap because they're just so misunderstood. I've heard some people, you know, even criticizing them. And it hurts me because yeah. um, I think people are criticizing them based on the wrong way that they're being used. So yeah. uh, referring to the love languages has become so ubiquitous in Western culture that surely every listener will be familiar with the idea. However... Many listeners may not have read the books by Gary Chapman, gone to Gary Chapman's website, or even know that the love languages were devised by him at all. This might be a surprise to some people. I did a quick Twitter search the other day when I was writing the script for this, and um, I saw that just in the last hour, love language the love languages hashtag had been used over 200 times and while i was trying to record some of the answers it kept on refreshing so people were just like constantly tweeting about the love languages um so i so i went through and i i i had so much fun reading what people were writing um and you know what out of all of the ones that i read Like one or two referred to the love languages as outlined by Gary Chapman. And many were used in the exact opposite way from what he intended. Yeah. So I thought it was actually quite hilarious. And I actually I had to close Twitter down uh, because I, I was so distracted that I wasn't even working on the script because I was just enjoying it so much. And there were so many. So yeah. I did pull some of my favorites. All right, I think I, ha- I pulled my top 10. OK, we'll figure it out together is a love language. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Not nice. okay, this is hilarious. <laughs> not having to ask is one of my love languages. Mm. Yeah, let's not communicate with our partner, right? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm gonna be so snarky. They should just <laughs> okay.
0: automatically know exactly how to make us happy without having to be told. And right. I get it. I've I've also gotten mad at partners in the past because uh, they didn't just automatically
1: know, and I'm like, I can't give you the cheat codes. Like, yeah, I feel like doing something without being asked, you know, could maybe score someone extra points. Yeah, and certainly if someone can. Um, you know, volunteer to help or just kind of intuitively know that it's good to offer this or that, yeah. I think that's that's wonderful. And, you know, I would certainly give extra points if, you know, someone I was dating did that. Yeah. But, you know, if they don't, yeah, they're not a mind reader. So Yeah. Uh, this is a good one. Acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, and physical touch. The right one will give you all of these love languages without you having to ask for it. So at least they're referring to the actual love languages, but I still don't know. Yeah, a little problematic there. Sending me a song because it reminded you of me is my love language. My love, okay. (laughs) Okay, this one made me laugh. My love language is you dealing with my insane change in emotions throughout the day.
0: (laughs) I feel that one deep in my soul, so...
1: (laughs) Okay, Like, all all of
0: these are nice things to do and things that if they pop into your head as something you want to do for your partner, you should. They're just not love languages. Yeah,
1: but being insane through the day, I don't know. Oh,
0: well, the insane change in emotions, so... Okay. Yeah, so, you know, being on birth control, basically... Uh, <laughs> uh gotcha. <laughs> That'll do it.
1: <laughs> Us are we is a love language. Okay, this one's good. My love language is acts of service. If I ask you for a glass of water, I need you to stand up, go like this, and run to the kitchen. <laughs> Another one. My boyfriend knowing exactly what to order me at all my favorite restaurants is one of the best love languages. <sighs> Cooking for someone is the most underrated love language and it's not just and it's just not spoken of or appreciated enough. And of course, I rolled you one is a love language. No,
0: it's so thoughtful. <laughs> it's kind of gifts. Yes, and these acts are all very cute, but it's just uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just complete. it's just missing the point and exactly. we're gonna talk about why. Yes. Um, and
0: Claire knows one yeah my favorite is from Ashley on Girls Gotta Eat and her love language is being right and yes I feel that one too these tweets all illustrate the various ways that the concept of love languages is misused these include my partner and I don't share the same love language I'm failing to speak my partner's love language My partner is failing to speak my love language. My partner doesn't spend any time with me or help out around the house. Those aren't their love languages. Um, That makes me so sad. Yeah. And very specific actions such as bringing me food or the texting of songs. Being referred to as love languages is incorrect. Um, Those are kind of things that might fall under a broader category of Mm. love languages, but it's not like an actual
1: one of the five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if all you did was send someone songs when you thought of them as a love language, I mean, that's not going to work. You're going to need a lot more (laughs) than that. So let's quickly clear things up by talking about why these approaches are incorrect and problematic. At the core of the love languages is the idea that learning how to speak a new language, i.e. your partner's love language, is one way to keep the romance alive. It's one way to come back together when things become difficult, and it's a one way to grow stronger as a couple over time. It's not about focusing on how you prefer to relate to your partner, or making sure that others know how to win you over but being intentional and caring for your partner in a way that most lights them up.
0: This intention to learn how to speak your partner's love language can be a learning curve. It might not come naturally, and it may be where some of the conversations around not being able to speak the same love language as your partner comes in according to chapman the discomfort a person may feel when adjusting their behavior to care for their partner presents an opportunity to become a better lover and who doesn't want that
1: yep one of my favorite quotes from the book and i just want to make sure that people know about the books i have two. i have two different books on the love languages and the first one is you know the well-known bestseller the five love languages the secret to love that lasts by gary chapman Mm -hmm. Um, one of my favorite quotes comes from that book, and he, and it's on the chapter about giving gifts. Chapman writes, but what of the person who says, I'm not a gift giver? I didn't receive many gifts growing up. I never learned how to select gifts. It doesn't come naturally to me. Congratulations. You have just made the first discovery in becoming a great lover. You and your spouse speak different love languages. Now that you have made the discovery, get on with the business of learning your second language. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, Gary. Um, I want to really quickly point out, we're going to share several quotes from the books. He uses the terminology spouse. We will use the terminology partner in order to be more inclusive. He is a pastor who started out his career speaking to married couples. Um, However, he also does think that it's an inclusive approach, Um, but the quotes that we use will refer to male-female pronouns and the word spouse, Um, but that's just because we're reading directly from his book.
0: When partners use the concept of love languages only as a way to talk about how they themselves instinctively express affection or what makes them personally feel loved, Gottman noted the idea can actively cause trouble in relationships. So you're not just demanding things of another person. You're also asking them what they want and then learning and putting in effort Mm -hmm. to learn their language as well.
1: This trouble shows up in relationships after the honeymoon phase ends and couples are required to navigate life together rather than the passion of falling in love. I mean... Knowing someone's love language when you're first dating them can help for sure, Yeah, (laughs) Um, but you don't really need it as much because everything already feels so good, you know, and that's why Chapman came up with this is because people were coming to him for counsel when their marriages were beginning to fall apart. Mm. Resentment can build between two people when it becomes easier to see how the other is failing to do things that light you up in the same way that they used to. But the love languages present the opportunity for couples to commit to giving to each other and keep the passion alive as you grow in your life together. Mm.
0: Chapman's premise, based on his own research as a counselor, is that most people speak one or two of the five love languages. Words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, quality time, and physical touch. So we will now (laughs) explain each one and also touch on how single
1: people can apply these
0: concepts as well. So,
1: yeah. So I'll just jump in really quick and I'll say that one reason I was excited to include the singles part because obviously so many of our listeners are single. Yeah. And I pulled some of the information from the five love languages singles edition. (laughs) Isn't that cool?
0: Yeah. No, it's uh-huh. it's awesome how he's, like, taken the concept and tried to apply it to as many different, like, relationship statuses as possible. And Yeah, so I think really one nice. of
1: his second versions was a version for military families, which I Ooh. thought was just really sweet because, yeah. you know, I think those couples struggle a lot. And I, yeah. I loved that he, you know, wanted to give attention to, to them. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I mean, because there's a there's a lot of challenges
0: that they face. So, Yeah. yeah, that's really important. So first we have words of affirmation, which simply put is using compliments, words of encouragement, kind words and humble words to connect with and build our spouse up. So there are many ways to do this, from recognizing your partner's efforts to how you talk about conflicts or within conflicts.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does. He has a whole section on um, how to how to talk um, effectively when you're having an issue with your partner, um, particularly if it's their love language. Um, Says Chapman in the book, The Five Love Languages, the way we express desires is all important. If they come across as demands, we have erased the possibility of intimacy and will drive our spouse away. If, however, we make our needs and desires known in the form of a request, we are giving guidance, not ultimatums. Mm. This is particularly important for long term or married couples who fight about, you know, like the day to day things, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can absolutely relate. <laughs> my husband drove me crazy. He would never help with the dishes. Uh, <gasps> no, uh, I never. My goal for any future relationship I have is to never fight about housework.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never fight about housework. Yeah, I personally (laughs) will not do dishes. (laughs) But I will do anything else. I'll do the laundry. Mm -hmm. I'll do the vacuuming. I like that stuff. I don't like doing dishes and I'm very upfront about that with anyone I'm dating. I'm like, are you happy with a lifetime of doing dishes? (laughs) Are you ready for that?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a conversation of how you're going to divvy up the work. Exactly. Yeah,
0: it's like, I'll make up for it in other ways. I just, I hate the feeling
1: of it. Like, I just don't like Hmm. it. Yeah. Trying to think what the equivalent for me would be. Definitely no housework related thing. I'm just... Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'm not going to cook dinner for you every night. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Any night. Any night. <laughs> uh, some examples of how you might speak words of affirmation inside of a relationship are. So I just want to say, as far as the book goes, um, Chapman goes into... Um, The concept of each love language, he gives several stories from his own practice about different couples who used them, and he gives tips at the end of each chapter as far as how to learn to speak the language. So some of these come from things I came up with myself, and some of these come directly from his own tips. Gotcha. So some examples how you might speak words of affirmation inside of a relationship are Set a goal to give your partner a different compliment each day for a month. Write a love letter, a love paragraph, or a sentence to your partner and give it quietly or with fanfare. Compliment your partner in the presence of others. And simply send a text letting your partner know you are thinking of them.
0: In the book, The Five Love Languages, Singles Edition, Chapman encourages readers to use one's single days as chances to learn how to speak each of the languages. Of words of affirmation, he says, The world is filled with people who are worthy of praise. The single mom who works to support herself daily and to educate her children deserves the highest accolades. The friend who works through the pain of a divorce and comes out with a positive attitude, believing in the future, deserves praise. The co-worker who wrestles with cancer while using her energies to help others is worthy of a whole praise team. And all around us, there are people who daily expend energy for the benefit of others, and these people need to hear words of praise. So, yeah, and, like... This is, you know, your friend who leaves a bad relationship deserves praise. You deserve praise for doing that, if, if that's something you've gone through. Um, you get a promotion, you deserve praise. Like, I would like to see our society start to have, you know, um, instead of just baby showers, let's also have job showers where you get a new job and you have, like, yeah. a, you know, like a party to yeah. celebrate because there's a lot of of life milestones that we don't celebrate enough so one place to start is is with words of affirmation for when you Mm -hmm. see instances like that let's celebrate it
1: so yeah it'll grow you know your relationships with everyone and then it'll just get you more comfortable expressing yourself and giving this to others yeah. which I think, I think is, is great. And, you know, I think people just generally like you more if you're very generous with words of affirmation.
0: Yeah. And also it feels good. Like, I don't think anyone's ever given a compliment and been like, oh, that was a bad experience. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hated giving so that compliment. True. Like you feel good afterwards yeah. too. Cause you see that it made that person happy. And
1: yeah. Especially when it is, you know, related to effort that you, you know, have put into something. Um, you know, I do this clubhouse room and once in a well, not a once in a while, my my team is really supportive of each other. And afterwards they'll send me and Brian, the other moderator, just compliments on how well we did. And mm. and you know, yesterday we interviewed Kate, a listener who's going to be on the show who yes. let us know how much she the was podcast incredible. meant to her and yeah. It just, you know, it kept me going all day long. Yeah. Because um, these things that we do, um, you know, do take a lot of effort. And to know that someone sees that and also appreciates it is awesome. Awesome. The next love language is quality time, which is often believed to be the most common love language. In fact, the Shane Co. did an intensive study to find out the most popular love languages according to demographic which it was a really interesting article. It just wasn't too germane to the episode, so Mm. I'm just including one little thing. Uh, The Shanko discovered that quality time was the most commonly Googled love language, which I suppose means that either people are Googling it to learn about themselves or hopefully Googling it to learn how to relate to their partner is what I would hope. (laughs) Either way, that came up in the most uh, Google searches. Quality time is the act of giving your partner undivided attention, whether it might be a movie night, a weekend away, or dinner with your phone off. Mm -hmm. Reads the five love languages. The activity in which we are both engaged is incidental. The important thing emotionally is that we are spending focused time with each other. The activity is a vehicle that creates the sense of togetherness.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So I would just want to say I I, I know this is not my love language. <laughs> and so yeah, you're I think like I, you know, I, I don't specific.
0: want to see you that often.
1: <laughs> what? No, it's you, not that at all. Yeah. It's, I mean, just, I'm 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 happy to you know spend time with with my partner often, mm-hmm. but it's not what most lights Fills me up. Fills you for, up, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, this is. I think this is one of mine. Um, I mean, I like them all though. So, but yeah, same. Yeah. So I, But I am just,
1: you know, if I'm just really happy, you know, we both have busy schedules and if we just get to see each other once or twice a week, that's fine. Whereas someone whose love language is quality time, that might not be enough, you know, to really keep them filled up. Mm,
0: Yeah, this is true. So speaking the language of quality time to your partner may look like. Renting bikes and spending the afternoon at the park or riding along the beach. That's fun. Um, Think of an activity that your partner enjoys but that you don't really participate in and tell them you'd like to schedule a time to do it together at least once. Um, That's that's really nice.
1: Yeah. And um, I don't, you know, I don't think partners need to do everything together, no. but I do think it would, you know, really say something, yeah. you know, yoga is often used as an example of maybe something a, a woman in a relationship may do that her partner doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you might just go once and it just means a lot. The, you know, the effort.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um And spending time, you know, just a little bit of time at the end of the day talking about your days together instead of Mm -hmm. going straight into, like, everything you have to do after work or something. Just Mm -hmm. making sure that you're not just, like, roommates, you know, (laughs) in your home.
1: And if you don't actually get to see each other, you know, maybe just um, having a phone call together at the end of the day, you know, and just, just talking about, you know, what you each did. Yeah, what I think I think that would be quality time as well
0: Hmm.
1: Um, in the singles edition Chapman encourages readers to learn about spending quality time by practicing quality conversation this can be done by leaving your cell phone alone while talking to a friend looking people in the eye while speaking to them observing body language asking questions and getting in touch with your emotions thoughts and desires and then learning to verbalize them
0: The next love language, and one of the most misunderstood, is physical touch. Very (laughs) Well Mind points out in their article, What is the Physical Touch Love Language? They say, note that physical touch as a love language is not all about sex, although sex can be an important aspect of a romantic relationship. A hug, a shoulder squeeze, a handhold, even a pat on the back can be an expression of love that is just as meaningful to your partner.
1: Hmm. I love I love talking about this one. One thing that is very interesting to me is that I have read many people, and I've talked to many people and read about many people who say that male-identified individuals um, will more often have physical touch than um than women's um and it's that's it's not it's not the case at all have you heard this or what do you think that um
0: yeah, not through my personal okay. experience I think maybe mm-hmm. it it's I think also I've here's the thing like I've been in fairly progressive societies and communities mm-hmm. throughout my life and when I'm speaking, um, to men in my practice, it's typically, uh, men who are open to contacting a coach and working with her. Mm -hmm. So, Mm. you know, perhaps my, my, uh, sample size is skewed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I, yeah, I wouldn't, I would not assume that. I think that, um, I think that's probably like, maybe a way that's culturally acceptable for men to, like, seek, like, show, showing of love, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it's what they necessarily crave.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's definitely not. I mean, I think most of us... Enjoy sex and want sex. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know that's me. But um, it doesn't necessarily mean that physical touch is our, our love language. Yeah. Um, and yes, while a greater emphasis may be on men's sex drives and women in our society, it is not known to be what men will typically desire to feel loved by their partner any more than women. Yeah. I also think that physical touch is the perfect example of how the love languages are more about speaking your partner's language rather than your own. Oh, yeah. As we all have very specific ways we like to be touched. We like to touch and be touched. It's not necessarily an indication of what our partner wants. I absolutely love this. I have dated men who didn't seem to get this <laughs> at all. No. And, ugh. Yeah. Just me, yeah, that's actually about.
0: the that's that's like the showing that they don't love you in a respectful way. Oh, they yeah. Won't I mean, listen
1: to this quote. You're going to love this. This is from Gary Chapman talking about physical touch. Your best instructor is your spouse, of course. After all, she is the one you are seeking to love. She knows best what she perceives as a loving touch. Don't insist on touching her in your way and in your time. Learn to speak her love dialect. Your spouse may find some touches uncomfortable or irritating. I can relate to that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To insist on continuing those touches is to communicate the opposite of love. It is saying that you are not sensitive to her needs and that you care little about her perceptions of what is pleasant. Don't make the mistake of believing that the touch that brings pleasure to you will also bring pleasure to her. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so good. That reminds
0: mm. me of the um it was the radio episode I listened to yesterday of 50 mm-hmm. shades of bullshit that you were mm-hmm. you were on where she talks about how she she like waited to have sex with the guy until the third date and he was just biting her all oh over and she was God. like stop it hurts and he didn't stop mm-hmm. and yeah fortunately she got out of the situation but like oh dude. i forgot that that was <laughs> on the
1: air yeah <laughs> everyone go to youtube and check out 50 shades of bullshits by my friend christine Leland yeah 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 um and i've had partners too um who would you know touch me in certain places or at certain times yeah and you know i i would be upfront about not liking it and Mm -hmm. having them just be like, what, you know, I'm trying to, you know, um, you know, I'm trying to be affectionate or, Oh, you don't, you don't, don't, you don't care what I like, you know, and just, or just giving me just a general guilt trip about speaking my mm, discomfort.
0: Yeah. Mm. See, that's not cool. Don't do that. No. Yeah. Don't do that at all. The whole, the whole point is that you're, you're listening to to what your partner wants, and you're, yeah, you know, giving that and not giving the thing that they say no, don't do that to you,
1: mm-hmm. and making it all about you. And yeah. I think that this goes um, for in and outside of of the bedroom.
0: Oh yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, if if you're like, oh well, my love language is uh, is quality time and for Instance, you're dating Janice who's like, Hey, these are my work hours. I, mm-hmm. I cannot hang out during these times, and you just show up. That would be uh-huh. a problem, <laughs> like,
1: yes. And then guilting me and in- about it, yeah. Oh, hold on, I'm gonna unplug my computer, it's making that sound oh, okay, uh, yeah. That's not, I mean, that's not going to strengthen a relationship, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about reciprocity. Or once I had a, a boyfriend when I was in Melbourne, oh, I think I um. I was just going to take the night off and we weren't going to hang out or something. And, you know, he sent me and he always wanted to hang out, which was very, you know, very sweet. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, I've always been the person who like I want, a, you know, I'm night off just to kind of. Yeah watch TV and eat potato chips or just, I don't know, (laughs) go to bed early. Um, And I know, um, and we weren't going to hang out that night. And he he sent me this long message about how, you know, he knew that I was into the love languages and his love language is quality time. And so he would really appreciate it, you know, if I didn't take the night off um, and just, you know, kind of using it to yeah. Almost like guilt me into hanging out with him, and I was so annoyed.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's all a balance. You can't just continuously deliver someone's love language like twenty four seven. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like you have your own life. You have to be able to do what you need to do, mm-hmm. and and have space and everything. I think these are just ways to show like on a regular basis that you care about this person but it's not and
1: each person needs to make the other person's love language their priority and you know what maybe I wasn't in a place in that relationship or in my life where I was you know actively doing that yeah and maybe it's why it didn't work out (laughs) but whatever the reason I felt like it was inappropriate of him to you know try and kind of um, s- yeah.
0: Exactly. It's like you finesse wanted one the situation
1: night off. by mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
0: not like you wanted to not
1: see him for the next month. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that would have mm-hmm. been different, maybe. And I think we had even like hung out the day before or something. Yeah, which, that's fine. You know, I it was sweet that he wanted to see me all the time, but just don't use love languages to manipulate someone no. into doing what you want. Is my point.
0: Bad mm-hmm. idea. Bad idea. So some ways to learn to speak physical touch to your partner include. Touching your spouse in the presence of others, which <laughs>
1: could be <laughs> well,
0: not in showing some ways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if this is their love language, then yes. you know he he emphasized a lot in the book as far as speaking your partner's love language. The power of speaking their love language when others are yes. around, yeah, and because it just it go it just it shows your partner and shows everyone else um you know how much you care for them yeah so yeah again exactly. and maybe you're and maybe you don't want to be touched but it's one possible thing yeah that you could do yeah that could show them how much you're trying exactly maybe. yeah like
0: mm-hmm. i like i like a little bit of light pda like you know
1: uh um, like an occasional
0: kiss on the cheek or like you yes know, like i was
1: just gonna say holding hands when i'm out with people i Wait, you say?
0: Oh yeah, I said like holding hands but not like all the time, just kind of like mm-hmm. throughout the occasionally throughout the night or the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, what were exactly. you Exactly. Oh, I mean the same thing. You know, I don't want to sit there and, you know, be attached. Make out in front of everybody, no. but, you know, when my boyfriend, you know, kisses me on the forehead, you know, as he's walking by, I, you know, I just feel you know, I just think it's so sweet and sexy. Yeah. And it's just, you know, like the right amount. And again, you know, the fact that he's doing it in front of others, I think does make it special yeah. in a certain way. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's cuz you're you're like saying like, "Hey, I'm not afraid to like show that this is the person that I have these feelings for," you know? Not trying yeah. to, like,
1: seem like I'm single, <laughs> you know? And it's affectionate and it's respectful, you know? The fact that it's, you know, something kind of um, non-evasive, I Yeah, suppose. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so, grabbing your partner's hand when walking from the car to go shopping or some other daily task. So, like, yeah, you have to go grocery shopping. Like, that's a great time to, like, just... You know, very, very light physical touch. Nothing crazy, but, you know, um, (laughs) making nothing crazy, nothing, (laughs) nothing crazy. No groping in the vegetable aisles. Um, Yes, totally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, no making out in front of the eggplant. It's not Okay. (laughs) Um, so making a habit of meeting your partner at the door when they arrive home to give a hug, kiss or more. Okay. So I love this one because like as humans, we co-regulate with each other's nervous Uh. systems. So Mm -hmm. someone's coming home from work. Like, yeah, some people may need to cope by having like alone time to decompress. But another way to like both get on the same like wavelength with your nervous systems is to like share a hug because then your bodies are starting to mirror each other and you get to a much more relaxed space and you kind of like get back on the same speed because like mm. one person may have been going a hundred miles an hour all day and then the other person's like having a chill day and so you know coming together and just like having like um like a a good hug, you know? Where Yeah, that makes sense. Thanks, Claire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So definitely take advantage of these biological like
1: shortcuts to get on the same page as your partner. So Yeah. yeah. And the fact that you are there and you're making an effort to go and welcome them. Yeah. I mean that's just gonna that's gonna feel great. And then yeah, then you come together and kinda set the stage for the rest of the evening or afternoon exactly yeah
0: so like that there are opportunities also for single people to learn a lot about speaking the language of physical touch in the five love languages singles edition chapman suggests learning about touch during this time by learning about appropriate and inappropriate touch very important learning loving touch to family members offering others touch in times of crisis, learning to respect the desires of the people you are dating, learning to speak about your sexual and physical desires, and learning to become comfortable with touch if it's not something you're comfortable with right now.
1: The next love language is acts of service. This is such an interesting one, and I think this is one that can get in the way of some relationships. Acts of service are, of course, doing things that you know your partner, your partner would like you to do. <laughs> These may feel unsexy to some of us and are therefore a, and is, therefore, a hard language for some to speak. It may involve household chores, running errands, and other things you may not naturally think involve romance. It may not feel as immediately gratifying to you, <laughs> whereas I guess if your partner's love language is physical touch, that may immediately feel good for you to give, you know, yeah. whereas this one, it's, it's more about, I think, the relationship than what you're getting out of it right away. Yeah. And this is why I, I believe some people refuse to learn to speak it. Chapman points out that it is it sometimes also requires a reexamination of stereotypes of gender roles, which is why it can be confronting. Yeah. And I love that he includes that in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, you know, I think gender roles definitely come into this because um, if you're talking about stereotypes, you could have a guy who doesn't know how to express his emotions in through words or any mm-hmm. any other means. But, you know, the one way he feels comfortable showing that he cares is, like, you know, making sure that your, like, oil is topped up in your car and, like, things like yeah. that. And it's kind of, mm-hmm. I think, sometimes um, for the speaking and stereotypes, again, for someone, his partner, who is craving a different um, love language, those go unnoticed, and they don't see it as, like, mm-hmm. him showing that he cares. Um, yeah, and they're in just fact, like, I think, you
1: know, that's what he or should that do, Or that she's not whatever. appreciating it. Uh, yeah, that mm-hmm. could
0: be a thing, too, and where he's like, oh, well, <laughs> like, oh, no, like, yeah. it's not getting the desired yeah, effect. I think, I think Gary
1: Chapman gives almost that exact example in the chapter on maybe even this or... Maybe even the words of affirmation chapter. I think he mm-hmm. gave the example of a couple who was having problems, and the male in the couple actually said to him during their one-on-one time together, "Look, I mow the lawn every weekend. I do this. I always make sure that you know the tires are pumped up. Yeah. And you know she doesn't she doesn't care. You know I'm trying. I'm doing all of these things. Yeah. And he said, Yeah, because that's not her love language. And yeah. you know I think she said to him, You know he never expresses, you know how much he loves me anymore."
0: Um, I think also this may get, um, like, again, speaking about that stereotype couple, is she's probably doing a lot of acts of service, too. And she's like, yeah. your three acts of service do not make up for the whole day of child care and cleaning the house and doing the dishes and Cooking the food Mm -hmm. and all of those things. Like, I don't care that you pumped up the tires on my bike.
1: That's not enough. Like, (laughs) I mean, unfortunately, there's been new studies that have come out even in the past year around, although there's been a lot more focus on, you know, gender equality and marriage um, inside of relationships, that still women carry the cognitive load in most relationships. And that's still even working women working mothers have still have the second shift where they get home and continue to work much more than their male partners
0: yeah yeah and i
1: don't think people realize what a big problem this still is
0: exactly and even those in relationships where um the stereotypical man in the relationship is is willing to do the work he just is like i don't know what to do or like You know, I don't know how to do the laundry, but I want to help. And she Mm -hmm. has to write a list for him, or
1: you know, explain every damn thing. And you know, why would a man know how to just intuitively do these things? They probably don't have examples to follow.
0: I know, but it's like. They've lived alone. Like, hope we recommend living yeah. alone. No, I know, I you know what you're saying.
1: Place. It's just, you know, it's like, how to solve the problem. How
0: did you do your laundry before you got married? Like, mm-hmm.
1: you mm-hmm. know,
0: it's, yeah. it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, did you just like delete this information from your brain? Yeah, but also know. I
1: think what I've seen is some men maybe ha- did take care of themselves before living with someone, but then once they live with someone, it just like almost naturally the female in the relationship will you know start to kind of take take it all on Mm. you know and maybe it's almost a subconscious thing between the couples i mean and maybe it's subconscious on her part that she thinks she needs to or she just naturally does and then the man lets her
0: (laughs) yeah and then suddenly it's not just her doing a nice thing for him it's like expected
1: um. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was in, when I was in the relationship with laundry boy, actually, and I went to England to stay with him, I was really surprised and horrified that, OK, one day he was at work. I, you know, I worked from home and he was working and I remember he sent me a text one day when I was only there for less than a week asking me if I would make dinner. Now, everyone, please understand that I had never made dinner for him before. And I was very, very upfront about the fact that that wasn't my jam. What? And he was, and he was very presumptive about texting and just kind of asking me to take this on. And, I was, and this is just a perfect example of how he just kind of assumed that now that I was there, I was going to do this. Oh, my God. I yeah, did, it, uh, yeah, oh and I God. and I, I, I mean, I'm sitting here speechless because that's kind of how I felt when I got the message. Um, like, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And this and was I the think same actually, trip at the time, that he like didn't
0: yeah. prepare for your arrival. He was like mm-hmm. hungover and stinky yeah. when he picked you up, and like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and within a week he was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> well,
1: yeah. you – yeah, he's like. Will so you, do you make- want to
0: sort dinner tonight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to? No.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. It was. You know. It was like this is your night. You know. <laughs> and and also um, keep in mind too that I kept normal work hours, so it wasn't like the fact yeah. that he was at work and I was home gave me any more time. But it's a good example of how you know someone just kind of assume you know mm. once you're living together that the woman will kind of pick pick this up. You know. Ah. Yeah, the- and you really have to keep in mind, some people enjoy doing that type of thing. Some yeah. people enjoy sorting dinner. And some people just don't. And this is the type of thing that couples have to talk about and be yeah. open about. Because very quickly, that can become something that one of them resents. Either that the other person doesn't want to do it or the other person feels like they have to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that just that just makes me so mad. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> so mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh
0: my god.
1: I However, think. I have to say if we had stayed in the relationship and I had come to learn that maybe acts of service were his love language and honestly I don't know. I I don't know if we even talked about it. I would have at this point made an effort to to speak that to him. And you know what? If I was invested in the relationship, maybe I would have started making dinner once a week or something or something else once that was an act a of week. service. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Once yeah. a
1: week. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I that's <laughs> yes. My
0: strategy is to just make dinner so awfully that no one would ever want me to make <laughs>
1: dinner and we're good to go. Or maybe a different act of service that I didn't find so laborious exactly. but you know what? Maybe not. Yeah. It's all about it's all about learning how to let your partner up and if I would yeah, like I said, if I was invested in in keeping it going, I would have figured that out for sure.
0: Exactly. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really – acts of service um, is one way that I love giving um, mm-hmm. and receiving. I like receiving it, like, a lot, actually. Yeah, specifically with cooking. I like receiving people's cooking, and then I also like changing someone's headlights or, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So I, I almost uh, – see, I <laughs> – I was not raised in like the typical way like my dad did all of the cooking, but he was also Mm -hmm. a mechanic. So I learned a lot about cars and like got to choose to do like things that I liked, even though it wasn't like, you know, within a gender stereotype for me to be like building Mm -hmm. things Um, (laughs) or like working on cars so like yeah i like i like doing those things for my partner and i like when my partner cooks for me so i have kind of a a, a gender switch of the
1: stereotypes um in my- and i guess i would i don't want to say the opposite but i would say this wouldn't be a love language that i would as naturally speak as it sounds you do exactly yeah mm-hmm. and i but i would learn yeah i would learn I mean, my current partner's words of affirmation, and I know that, you know, I put a special effort into into that. Um, I but and I would
0: like and Mm. this could also be like, say your partner really likes acts of service and gifts and physical touch that could be buying them massage oils, learning how to give massages Mm -hmm. really well. Yeah,
1: you know what, that's a great point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so
0: it doesn't have to be these like household tasks that need to be done. If your partner loves acts of service, loves receiving Mm -hmm. acts of service, you can do it in a way that is fun for you as well. Like you don't have to force yourself to do something that you hate. Um,
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, so. But you know what, I do some, but some of them might not be as fun. You might not hate it, but you might not love doing the dishes or love making the bed necessarily. But, you know, you'll love how it makes your partner feel, which is what I think is so lovely about this concept. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So some ways to speak acts of service to your partner include not thinking of nagging as nagging. Um, See a nag as a tag that your partner is putting on something that is important to them. So, you know, if they keep mentioning something, um, they're not nagging. They're saying like, hey, like this would mean Mm -hmm. a lot if you did this. And so you can choose to do it as an expression of your love for that person. Yes.
1: Um, I mean, I think the point with nagging is that some people who nag, I mean... You're nagging because you're trying to communicate something to your partner, yeah. and they're disregarding it. So,
0: <laughs> you're, exactly. it's your you know
1: your opportunity to just be on it, yeah. Rather than you know having someone bring something up again and again.
0: Exactly, and if you so here's I think a common thing that comes up is that uh, someone will ask someone to do something, and you're like, okay, I will, and then you don't specify when you're going to do it. And so they end yeah. up just doing it anyway because you didn't do it that day or whatever, or you forgot. So my mm-hmm. recommendation is when someone asked you, to, when your partner asked you to do something to avoid the yeah. nagging thing, be like, yes, I will do that in 30 minutes, pull out your phone and set an alarm. Yes, And they will see, wow, they set an alarm for that. Like, I feel like it's actually going to get done and You know, it's just it's just going to avoid these things having to come up again and again. And it's showing that you care, even though in the moment you can't do it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then the resentment doesn't get built up.
1: Um, I love that. In fact, I, I put that on the list. You know, making a note of something is such a good way to show someone that you care. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so good. Um, I also think sometimes between couples, the nagging comes into play because the person who feels like they're being nagged. Doesn't feel like their love cup is being filled. And so they don't feel as enthusiastic about doing something for their partner, mm. which is another story that he tells in the book. Um, which is this woman came to him and, and said, You know, I have to ask my husband every single weekend to paint this wall. It's been going on for months. And, you know, he doesn't do it how, no matter how m- much I ask. And it turned out that he went to her, to him, Gary Chapman, and said, uh, You know, she doesn't appreciate anything I do. So basically, they were speaking different love languages. Yeah. And so Gary Chapman encouraged the female to give more words of affirmation and to stop bringing up the wall. And then the husband and the relationship had his love cup filled and then was like all gung ho in a couple of weeks and, you know, painted the wall without her even asking or something, oh. you know. I mean, I'm so glad it's, that Yeah, I mean, I do think out. that this is a joint <laughs> effort. Yeah which I think it can be a really fun thing to talk about when you're getting serious with someone and to just kind of talk together about making yeah. sure that you always are speaking each other's love languages. Definitely. Yeah. So, learning about acts of
0: service as a single person is a great way to learn about giving service to others. So you can speak you can learn to speak it by learning how to express your needs to family members and coworkers, volunteering to help a friend and then actually following through important um yes. <laughs> noticing that a co-worker may benefit from a bit of help and then offering to do something specific or setting a goal to complete one act of service a week for someone else in your life so
1: yeah i mean i i think this also is something that's just going to generally make people like you more yeah and you know, I was raised in a very service-based community, and I think that it's a wonderful way to live, whether or not it's your love language. And you know what? Maybe whether or not it's the other person's love language. You know, giving acts of service, I just, I think it's such a positive um, way to operate in this world.
0: Yeah, I think mm-hmm.
1: so, yeah. So I think, we're, oh, we are, we're to the last one. Yay! Um, which <laughs> is my love language, gifts. <laughs> um, So... This is also statistically one of the least popular love languages, mm. which kind of, I don't know, it kind of surprises me. I've always wondered if maybe it's the least popular because, tell me what you think. People don't want to admit yeah. that this is their love language? I think okay. so. Yeah, because okay. I,
0: I really like this one, but I feel like I don't want to admit that because okay. then it just it feels like you're... It, it feels like you're using someone,
1: but... Well, I mean, we're going to talk about what yeah. you know why gifts are so important and how um, either giving or receiving gifts mm-hmm. as a form of manipulation is the exact opposite of yeah. how this is meant to be used.
0: Um, I mean, so I like receiving and I like giving as well. Like, I mm-hmm. love buying gifts
1: for people. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, and I've come to learn, though, that me loving to give gifts, you know, it's not, doesn't necessarily do the same thing for the other person. Uh, And that's been something actually really hard for me to accept is I know because this is my love language, I've gone out of my way to make sure to give gifts at certain occasions and then felt let down because it didn't have, you know, the impact that I was hoping. um, And that's because I'm speaking my own love language. I'm not speaking the others all the time. Yeah. Um, I actually learned, I think, that this was my love language simply by doing the tests way back when, and it makes total sense for me. Yeah. Um, So Chapman has summed up why gifts speak so loudly to some people as, a gift is something you can hold in your hand and say, look, he was thinking of me, or she remembered me. You must be thinking of someone to give him a gift. The gift itself is a symbol of that thought. It doesn't matter whether it costs money. What is important is that you thought of him. And it is not the thought implanted only in the mind that counts, but the thought expressed in actually securing the gift and giving it as the expression of love. And I will say that I think that is the thing that makes me so excited, is thinking that someone was thinking of me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) like oh cool Mm -hmm. you were yeah doing doing your life and then you were like oh yeah Janice Mm -hmm. yeah and I also like that it's uh that last sentence it's not just the thought that counts but the thought expressed and actually like securing the gift secure the bag Mm -hmm. um and it's I I just like that because it shows that they don't just have an idea and never execute um, mm-hmm. You know, actions speak louder than words and gifts speak yes. louder than thoughts to some people. And right. even if it's like, it feels crunchy as an idea. And some people may prefer words of affirmation over acts of service. So words words would actually speak louder than actions for those people. Right. So to mm-hmm. each their own. Yep. So learning to speak the language of gifts to your partner may look like bringing your partner flowers once a week. Picking up something that reminds you of your partner or that stood out to you the next time you are in nature. Mm. Yeah,
1: a, a love thousand a good percent. <laughs> Again, it's not about the the how the money necessarily. It's yeah. the fact that you thought of them and then you know brought them something. I mean, I yeah, I would absolutely love that and consider oh my it God. a gift. And, or just mm. or just
0: like picking flowers, like wild flowers. Oh you yes, don't have to buy mm-hmm. the flowers. Um, write down. Write it down anytime your partner mentions something that they like or something they pay special attention to, and then get it to, for them the next birthday or holiday. So just like have it in your notes app and just yes, pull it out on the sly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, get something living for them, such as a house plant or a tree. Um, I'm very torn on getting people animals. Um, Oh, God, no. Yeah, I highly (laughs) don't recommend it, even though studies have shown that animals are still well taken care of. And when giving it as gifts, I just it's like giving someone a responsibility that they now have to see out for the rest of that animal's life. Like, yes, and also, I mean, decision themselves. You know,
1: well, and in, unless you're in a very long-term relationship, let's just keep pets out of the equation. Yeah. You know, couples don't need to. Yeah, that that complication. No
0: tortoises. They live mm-hmm. like 75 years. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I would take a tortoise. I still yeah. really want one. <laughs> nice.
0: Um, or getting and, just like a subscription box or
1: something. Yeah, I love subscription boxes as gifts because you know, um you, so, the person gets something every month. Yeah. And it's something based on what their interests are. Yeah. And so I think that if your partner's love language is gifts, that's just the perfect present.
0: Yeah. I personally don't like gift cards as gifts um, because it's just like the thought isn't there. Like the whole thing is that you you thought of someone and you walked around and you were like, well, they like this, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean I kind of agree. Like, I I love yeah. to
1: shop, so you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say no. Yeah. But yes, I would say if your partner's love language is gifts, then you yeah. might want to, you know, get a little more creative. Exactly. I that's it's not gonna have the same impact as yeah. per, getting something that is specifically for them will. I yeah. can say from personal experience. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. gift
0: cards are like for, you know, people maybe you don't know as well, you know. I think that's like yeah, a perfectly fine gift. It's just not like
1: I Something mean the only would... um the ex uh, one exception that I would give however is that if you gave a gift card to a very specific, a very specific place. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm, yeah. I got someone a gift card once to like this Dutch bakery you yeah. know that was near where they lived because I knew that they were into that type of food yeah. and that I wasn't sure if they knew about this um, bakery or not.
0: Yeah, and they and you couldn't really order them the actual stuff because like Mm -hmm. shipping and like getting it to them while it's still fresh Mm -hmm. and everything or like if they have any allergies or something so yeah so so yeah that's just those are my feelings about gift cards for what it's worth um (laughs) feel free to
1: disagree yep agreed um, yes. Um, I'm just thinking of some presents that I've got recently and I'm stoked. Mm. Uh, did I, uh, did I tell you that I went to the Frida immersive experience <gasps> yes. with David? Yeah. It was so cool. Oh my goodness. It was the, yeah.
0: Experiences as gifts, I think are mm.
1: on point. And you know what? We had this VIP package and they actually, it came with a gift bag. <gasps> and it was <laughs> it was so cool and then in addition to that which it was it had all these goodies in it including like a bunch of stuff from loctane is that how you pronounce it oh loctane
0: i don't know but i do it's like luck Lo- loctane yeah Loctan.
1: i love that brand so much and then you know the immersive experience was something that you would kind of walk around to do but with uh-huh. our ticket we got to go and sit on a couch like up on this platform Whoa. while we watched it it was oh my so God. cool i'm still just over the moon i'm yeah still absolutely thrilled oh. with the whole with the whole thing that sounds so fun so. he's speaking my language Ooh, yeah <laughs> all right as for learning about speaking gifts as a single person some ideas include learning about appropriate time to give gifts. Learning when, oh, this is something that he talked about. Learning when a gift is a gift and when it's not a gift, mm. which he specifically says, if you are giving a gift to someone, if you hope to move the relationship along or to receive something in return, that is not a gift. No. And I think that's a really important thing that I want to stress is, and I've had this happen, I, um, you know, someone may be wanting something in return, you know? Ick. as Yeah, that's not a gift. And so, you know, it's only a gift if you're just giving it for the hell of it. Or, yeah. well, not for the hell of it.
0: Because <laughs> you know it'll make the other person to happy. To make the it,
1: other person happy. Not
0: because it'll... Make them act in a way that you want them to act, right? Unless that's just, he also, just be happy, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I guess that's fine. Yes.
1: <laughs> and just be happy that they're happy, yeah. And regardless of you know what Outcomes. they how they act or I mean, you hope that someone is appreciative, but yeah. He, he also talked about, um, the, as far as this concept of learning appropriate times to give gifts, he talked about how you can really learn about this in in dating. Mm. And gave the story of a man who had been only on a few dates with a particular woman and got her some extravagant present. I think it was her birthday, but still, it was just... I don't remember what it was, but it was just way over the top. And the woman actually didn't even feel comfortable accepting it. Yeah. And he went back to Gary Chapman and said, you know, like, look, I'm trying, look at what I did. And Gary Chapman was like... Yeah, but that's not an appropriate time to give that gift. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't know her very well. Yeah. And so that's something to learn as a, as a single person. Exactly. Um, more ways to learn about giving gifts as a single person. Focusing on giving friends gifts on their birthdays. Yes. Getting people surprises. And I put this one in here. Ding, ding, ding. Giving yourself gifts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, honestly, because I am a gifts person, I will get myself, th- um, I will get myself things for my birthday and occasionally get myself something special, you know, just because I want to give myself a gift. Yeah. And you know what? I've always always talked about being your own partner and mm-hmm. treating yourself the way that you want to be treated, treating yourself like a VIP. And I get almost the same feeling as yeah. if someone else gives me a gift. mm
0: and you know you're going to like it which is really nice. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> so Claire, what did you think about this discussion of the five love languages?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's really important uh, to to get kind of the the differences between the two and like the focus not just on yourself and onto your partner and onto your friends and your family and everyone your your you know. The, your co-workers I'm like your work partners no your co-workers um <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know like looking outside of yourself for like giving and receiving can be two different things um and yeah and like ideally you'll learn to speak a new language of giving that will best meet the way that those people most feel loved and you know they'll they'll reciprocate
1: And I I think the more appropriate way to use the love languages would be to more constantly or consistently be asking others what their love language is. And if this is something that's important to you in your relationships, if you ask the person you're dating or if you ask a friend what their love language is, it will naturally turn into a conversation about what your love language is. And, you know, hopefully that will start a snowball effect where you will all all, or both be (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> both be attentive to what the um, to speaking the other person's language. There so. we go. <laughs> I hope everyone liked this and that we cleared some things up. It would be fun to hear from you uh, in the form of a review <laughs> about what you thought. Um, yeah so hit us up and if you liked this episode and others, please consider joining our patreon. The link is in the top of the show notes. Uh, we're very committed to continuing to build that over the summer it's a way to hang out with us and support us
0: awesome thank you everyone and we'll talk to you very very soon bye
1: thank you for listening to x-files a podcast about breakups broken hearts and moving on if you liked this episode
0: please help others find us by leaving a review on apple podcasts or by
1: following the show on spotify and if you'd like to connect more with us and learn about break coaching, find us on instagram at x-files podcast We have loved creating free and accessible healing resources for people around the world who are looking for support on their breakups, broken hearts, and moving on journeys. Each day, we receive DMs from many of you who have let us know the positive impact X-Files is making in your life. Our vision for the second year of our show is something that we both feel so completely. We are looking forward to continuing to share useful resources each week, but also expanding our offerings to help people go more deeply with their healing and growth. Part of our vision
0: is expanding the connection with our community. And to do that, we are thrilled to be launching the X-Files Patreon growing this aspect of our community will allow us to keep creating great content for everyone each week and also start developing even more healing resources and support. We would love for you to be part of the first group of the X-Files patrons. So head to the link in the show notes now to sign up for either the $5 or the $10 level. And we will both be looking forward to connecting with you very soon.